Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Dream Shakes, the Dream Take podcast. My name is Mike Brown. I am coming to you live on our first show of the off season after what can only be described as a very, very tough season. I'm not sure where I really want to start the show tonight. Um, first of all, we have solidified our uh, off-season program. We will be doing all of our shows live here on uh, the new Spotify Live. No longer Spotify Green Room, so we are on Spotify Live. Um, so I'm going to be going live by myself on Tuesdays. Most Tuesdays, I should say. Jeremy is going to go live at some point over the weekend, and then we are going to plan on doing a show together every single Thursday. So you'll be able to hear the Dream Shakes, the Dream Take every uh, Tuesday, Thursday, and a day to be decided later. Uh, but we thought it was vitally important that we continue with the momentum that we had throughout the entire season, being the only podcast for the Houston Rockets that went live after every single game. Uh, which is an incredible accomplishment in and of itself. Um, but we want to continue to give you guys as much fun and exciting content throughout the offseason as well. Um, so tonight's show is going to cover Mike Brown's report card 2021-2022. And I would love your guys' uh, input on this show, as always, if you would like to... Uh, be a part of the uh, show. All you got to do is hit that request to speak button uh, throughout the show. I encourage you guys to join uh, me in any of the things that I'm discussing, uh, good, bad, or ugly. So uh, once again, hit that request to speak button if you would like to be a part of the show. We're going to get right in it. Uh, one of our... Uh, let's just get right into it. Uh, so let's go... Uh, we're going to go from the bottom to the top, if you will. So what we did, or what I should say, what I did was anybody that played for the Rockets this season, uh, I gave a grade to on a scale of A plus to F minus. Uh, so some of the players we're going to talk about, we're going to talk a little bit more about than others. Uh, for example, Trevlin Queen, we're not going to spend as much time talking about him as we will a uh, Eric Gordon if you will. So uh, we're going to do only players and we're also going to do uh, coach Silas and his coaching staff. So let's get right into it. We'll start at the bottom. Uh, my first player grade for the year, Usman Garuba. Um, 
Usman Garuba on the season appeared in 24 games, averaged 10 minutes a game. The stats were not there, obviously, for Garuba. It was incredibly uh, frustrating to watch how he was handled throughout the year. I know he had an injury that sidelined him for a while, but the fact that it took nearly the entire season for Silas to actually give him legitimate minutes is a travesty in and of itself. Uh, In the minutes that I saw Garuba on the court, uh, I would, I gave him a C plus uh, for uh, the season. I think that there were things that I liked a lot about his game. And I see Jonathan saying incomplete. If I could give it an incomplete Jonathan, I'm with you on that, but I am, you know, for the sake of the show, going to give actual grades and not just incompletes. Um, I gave him a C plus. I think that there's a lot to improve on his game going into next season. I think if he can uh, expand, uh, if if he can expand his game to include a three point shot, I know we've seen a lot of video of him working on that corner three. I think that can expand his game. I think he can always fall back on the defensive end. Um, so that's my first grade of the year. Usman Garuba, I gave a C plus. Uh, Deshaun Nix. I know this might seem harsh. I gave Deshaun Nix an F. He appeared in 24 games as well, averaged 11 minutes, uh, three points per game. If you look at his shooting numbers, his shooting numbers were not impressive whatsoever. I just gave him a straight F. I think when he got here, I think so much hype was around him when he was with uh, the Vipers. And I I see so many people on Rockets Twitter want to hype guys up about what they're doing in the G League and how impressive it is. None of that stuff means jack squat to me. Like, congrats. You know, Trevlin Queen is going to, you know, the G League and is lighting it up and is the MVP of the G League. Well, you guys are seeing that it doesn't translate, you know, to the league. And it's not necessarily an indictment on the player themselves. It's that you have to have the right mix of getting the appropriate chance at the next level and getting the same amount of minutes that you're getting in the G League. Um, so for me, the Deshaun Nix experiment uh, for this season was a straight F. Um, speaking of Fs, I also gave an F to Trevlin Queen. 10 games. Uh, he only averaged seven and a half minutes a game. He did score four points a game. Uh, but for me, uh, Trevlin Queen, it's an F. And Jonathan makes a good point again here on Spotify Live that it takes time to transition. That's fair. You know, I I think it's entirely fair, but when you're giving out grades like this on a show like this, and I've said it so many times this season, and I'll continue to say it, that it's a results-driven league. And is it fair to the guys in the league to say that? Well, yeah, they're getting paid a lot of money to be professional athletes. It comes with the territory. You know, to have a schlub like me have a show like this to take a look at the numbers themselves. I mean, the the Trevling Queen and the Deshaun Knicks experiments for this season, I gave an F. Now, can they get better, as Sean points out, to go to the Vegas Summer League uh, to, to get some extra run? Well, yeah, absolutely. But with guys like that, what you're seeing is... Going to the 
the summer league doesn't do a lot. Going to the G League doesn't do a lot for these guys. The only way that they're going to get better, i.e. Josh Christopher, is playing meaningful minutes in meaningful games. So hopefully we can get um, you know, now into some more serious grades, if you will. Uh, Daniel House only played in 16 games uh, for the Rockets. I gave him uh, a straight C. It was meaningless minutes that he played for us, eventually getting released and going to the Jazz. Um, so I gave him a C for the year. David Nawaba is an interesting case for me when you look at what his impact was on the season. If you had to grade his performance as a Rocket this year, I gave a D uh, to him. And it's through no fault of his own. You look at his, he, he appeared in 46 games. He averaged 13 minutes. He averaged five points per game. Uh, he averaged three and a half rebounds, which in only 13 minutes per game, I mean, those are, those are pretty solid numbers for a guy only getting 13 minutes a game. I think David Nawaba on the season as a whole got a really raw run with the Rockets. He signed a deal for three years and $15 million to come back to a roster that he envisioned he was going to play a bigger part of. And I think he should have played more of a role for this team because he was a guy that the Rockets could have really used on the court, especially with how much they struggled on the wing this year. I mean, the Rockets' wings are just flat-out bad. By league standards, they're just not good. Now, is the upside there for the wings to get better? Potentially. I, I have, I am on record saying that, in my opinion, I think a guy like K.J. Martin Jr. can be a Vince Carter light in this league. Uh, and we'll talk about K.J. Martin here in a bit. Uh, but David Nawaba got a raw run for me. I think that, you know, I gave him a D, but through no fault of his own. Uh, DJ Augustine appeared in 34 uh, games for the Rockets, averaged 15 minutes a game, five and a half points, uh, a rebound, a couple of assists. Um, and Sean makes a great point. By league standards, you're not finding much good on a 20-minute team. That's fair. I am going from uh, mostly bad grades. I'm going to get to the good grades here in a few, so I do have to cover some of these other guys before I can get to the meat and the potatoes of the show. DJ Augustine, I gave a C plus uh, because I thought when he was on the court, he was a good distributor of the ball, getting set into the offense. But him as a, an aging veteran really didn't have a role on the team. But in the 34 games that he played, I gave a C plus. Uh, Armani Brooks is a guy I gave a B minus to. So if my first B or my first grade of B or higher goes to Armani Brooks. Um, and once again, if you guys are live here on Spotify Live, want to talk about any of these grades, go ahead and hit that request to speak button. I'd love to, to speak with you and get all of your opinions on the show this evening. Um, but Armani Brooks was released. I didn't understand that move. At the time, I mean, he was really low risk, high reward. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Armani Brooks did attend um, the university that 
has been represented in at least each of the last elite eights in the men's uh, NCAA tournament. That would be the University of Houston. Um, I gave him a B minus. He did exactly what you what he's going to do in the league for years and years. Hit the three point shot. I thought his defense did get uh, better as the time uh, that you know he was on the court and in his time as a Houston Rocket. Uh, now he only shot thirty percent from the three point line, but those numbers aren't indicative of what he brought night in and night out to the roster. Now, this grade for Bruno Fernando might shock some people. I gave Bruno Fernando a B, straight B, highest grade of the night. Let me explain why. Bruno Fernando played in 10 games. He only averaged nine and a half minutes a game, but he averaged seven points and four rebounds in less than 10 minutes on the court. Why did Steven Silas wait so long to give Bruno Fernando a run. Why? And I know Jeremy and I have talked about this a little bit before, but a guy like Bruno Fernando is exactly what this team needed in the latter part of the season. When you break down what Bruno Fernando actually brought to the team. Now he is listed at six, nine, but he's a brute on the court. It was hard to move him off of his spot. Uh, Ryan Hollins was noted multiple times on the broadcast as saying that players were intimidated by Bruno Fernando on the court. I don't know if I would go that far, but looking at what Bruno Fernando did while strictly on the court, less than 10 minutes a game, averaged seven points and four rebounds for a guy that was just a throw in on a trade. I really like what I saw from Bruno Fernando. I think Bruno Fernando He's not going to cost a lot of money. Why would you not want to bring him back in free agency? You know, he's only, I mean, the kid is young. He was born in what, 98? He's 23 years old. I mean, for a guy that, you know, when you gave him run, looked good. I gave Bruno Fernando a straight B. Uh, Getting into, now uh, we'll do Daniel Tice next. Daniel Tice signed a 40-year, $32 million deal. Uh, with the Rockets in the offseason. He wasn't here very long. It wasn't a great fit. Again, through no fault of his own. Daniel Tice, they made him play on the perimeter when he was here. I, well, let's start with the grade. I gave him a D plus because he had no impact on the game whatsoever. But he was the consummate professional when he was here. He didn't make waves. <laughs> John Wall. He wasn't an asshole. <laughs> John Wall. Uh, He didn't put himself over the rest of the team, (laughs) John Wall. So I liked Daniel Tice. I liked the signing when they did it because they needed a true rim protector. But Steven Silas' system was not conducive to what Daniel Tice does well. Game of D+. If I could give him an incomplete, I would. It's not really fair to give him a grade. But alas, we are going to give him uh, a grade. So, um, Lucas says, you know, someone glued themselves to the floor during the Timberwolves game. Uh, live podcasting, guys. Welcome to 2022. I'm going to have to check that out after the show. Um, but we'll get into now our next guy. I'm going to go ahead and do Josh Christopher next. 
Let's get into the numbers. Josh Christopher appeared in 74 games, averaged 18 minutes a game. That's not good. Josh Christopher should have been averaging north of 22 to 24 minutes, I would say. Ideally, you would have played him, in my eyes, 26 minutes, I would say. Um, So he only averaged 18 minutes a game. He averaged eight points. Uh, he averaged two rebound, two and a half rebounds, I should say, two assists, uh, a steal a game. My grade for Josh Christopher, I gave a B plus. Highest grade given tonight, thus far. Uh, Josh Christopher, for a guy who is taken in the mid-20s, I want to say it was number 24. He gave you everything you could want. I I flirted with the idea of giving Josh Christopher an A minus. But I'm going to give him a B plus just because the numbers don't pop out at you, but his energy pops out at you when you watch these games. The Rockets were lifted so many different times from having him on the court. His game is only going to get better. He's not even 21 years old yet. So Josh Christopher, I gave a B plus. Really happy with what I saw from Christopher. Things to look for going into next season. Continue to develop the three-point shot is going to be key for him, uh, as it is with anybody who's playing in the league now that plays his position. Uh, he only shot 29.6% from the three-point line. I'd like to see him become a little bit better of a rebounder as well, um, especially with what the Rockets currently have. He's going to need to help rebound the ball next year. So I gave Josh Christopher a B+. Plus. Um Let's go to K.J. Martin Jr. K.J. Martin Jr. this year played 79 games out of 82. Great number there. He gave you 21 minutes a night, nine points. He averaged four rebounds a game, uh, assists and a half a game, uh, and he gave you great defensive effort night in and night out. I gave K.J. Martin, or I gave, I gave K.J. Martin an A-. minus. I give him an A- minus because... He flirted with his potential this year, and you saw glimpses of what he can be. Going into next season, unless the Rockets draft or sign his replacement, there is no reason he should not be one of your two starting forwards next year. Everything that you could want from him, you got. He improved his three-point shooting percentage to... Uh, let me get you the exact numbers. Yeah, he improved his three-point shooting percentage to nearly 36%. What else could you have wanted from K.J. Martin this year? And again, he only played 21 minutes a game, man. You you have to start asking yourself what these guys could have done this year if they were given more of a run. K.J. only playing 21 minutes a game, A, is not his fault. And he improved his game that much more this year. Congrats to him. I gave him an A minus. Uh, Alperin Shengun, I know a guy that a lot of people are going to want to talk about. Alperin Shengun, I gave a B plus to. I didn't give him an A because his effort consistently on the defensive end left a lot to be desired. Now, when you break down the numbers, again, 21 minutes a game, 10 points per game, 
He averaged five and a half rebounds. His rebounding numbers have to come up. Nearly three assists, a steal, a block. The, 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 the foundation for his game was built this year. He's going to have to build even more so next year. He's got to get stronger. A lot of these guys you can say that about. Jalen Green's going to have to get into the gym. Alperin Shingun, each of them can put on about 15 to 20 pounds of muscle. Um, Shingun more than Green. I'd like to, for Green to put on maybe 10 to 12 pounds of muscle. But Alperin Shingun can fill out his frame a lot this offseason. But Shingun on the year couldn't have asked for much more than what uh, he gave. I, I think that he played really well, obviously. But I wouldn't give him an A just because of the defensive effort. I don't even want to call it effort. I would say the defensive output that he gave left a lot to be desired. Again, five and a half rebounds for a guy who was playing the five. Those numbers needed to be higher for me to willing to give him a grade of A or, a or higher. Um, Garrison Matthews, I gave him a C minus for the year. Now he did average. Uh, 10 points a game. He also got nearly 27 minutes um, of <laughs> nearly 27 minutes of playing time on a, on a game by game basis. Way too high for me. Uh, I, I knew his numbers were high. I didn't realize they were that high, uh, but congrats to him. He did average 10 points per game, uh, but that's basically all he did. I mean, he did have three rebounds a game, which is decent for a guard, uh, but he should not be a starter next year period end of story um so garrison matthews i gave a c minus to his shooting numbers um what did he end up with from the three-point line yeah he shot 36 percent from the three-point line uh good not great so a c minus for him in the limited time that dennis schroeder was a houston rocket uh i gave him a, a b minus the way that he connected with kevin porter jr with Dennis Schroeder, or excuse me, with Jalen Green, um, I gave him a B, a straight B. Jeremy and I differ on the Dennis Schroeder take. I wouldn't mind Dennis Schroeder coming back next year. I think if he liked it here, I think he found himself a nice role when he was here. He played 27 minutes a game. Uh, he only appeared. He appeared in 15 games for the Rockets. I thought he had good chemistry with Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green. I think he had good chemistry with Christian Wood. Um, if Wood is back next year, then I wouldn't mind a Dennis Schroeder, you know, being here. The Rockets, when they kept DJ Augustine here in the limited time that he was here for this season, they found a home for him. I think Dennis Schroeder could be the same way. Uh, but Dennis Schroeder, you know, 11 points a game. Uh, he did average six assists, good numbers there. Um, not a, not a terrible three point shooter either. He shot 33% from the three point line. Not great, but that's not his game. He's a slash and dash to the rim type of guy. So Dennis Schroeder, B minus. Here's an interesting one. Jay Sean Tate. I think Jay Sean Tate had a good year, but I think his game, surprisingly enough for me, took a step back this year from where it was last year, which isn't a shock because you bring in talent like Alperin Shingun, uh, Jalen Green, you know, Kevin Porter Jr. took a step forward this year uh, with his offensive output. 
But Jay Sean Tate averaged 12 points per game, five and a half rebounds, three assists, and a steal. You look at those numbers and you would say, man, those are good numbers. You know, for, you know, for him, they are good numbers, but I think those numbers are misleading. I would say as a whole, his game took a step back. I gave him a C plus for the year. Uh, I didn't enter him into the A or the B category, but Jay Sean Tate, I gave a C plus for the simple fact that he, I, 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 there wasn't a guy in the league that I think complained as much or more to the refs than a guy like Jay Sean Tate. I mean, he, he whined and complained to the refs so much this year. It feels like so much more this year than last year that he has to be in the top 10 for me of guys at his level that whine and complain to the ref. It just it was hard to watch sometimes. I'm like, dude, your team is is getting blasted by 17 points. Stop whining to the refs. Uh, I love Jay Shante. It's not an indictment on how I feel about Jay Shante. I'm just letting you guys know where I'm coming from with what I saw this year. I feel like his game as a whole took a step back. Eric Gordon. The Eric Gordon experiment needs to end as soon as possible. Uh, I gave him a C- minus for the year. I thought about giving him a D. The record that the Rockets had when Eric Gordon played versus when he didn't play was staggered. Like, it was shocking. But the Rockets just don't have a lot of talent overall. And taking away a guy that averaged this year, you know, 14 points when he was on the court makes sense. Um, but for, for me, Eric Gordon just added nothing to the team this year. There was no benefit. Like, yeah, he added, you know, veteran presence, but that was it. You know, he put in a decent amount of points, but he was a detriment to the Rockets organization and roster this year for the simple fact that he prevented a guy like Josh Christopher from getting more run. You know, imagine if Eric Gordon in the 57 games that he played didn't take up 30 minutes of playing time what that could have meant for a guy like a Josh Christopher. What if they found, you know, a guy in another guy in the G league that they could have given those minutes to, uh, you know, a la Armani Brooks, I would have rather of the Eric Gordon minutes gone to Armani Brooks this season. You know, for that reason, I gave Eric Gordon a C minus. Let's get to the three biggest names of the night. And that's Christian Wood, Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. Let's do Kevin Porter Jr. first of the three. I gave Kevin Porter Jr. a B- minus for this year. Kevin Porter Jr. appeared in 61 games, averaged 31.3 minutes, 15.6 points per game, four and a half rebounds, 6.2 assists, a little over a steal, and only averaged three turnovers a game. I like I, let me let me put it this way. I love Kevin Porter Jr., the basketball player. Do I love Kevin Porter Jr., the basketball player, as my starting point guard? I don't know. Uh, and Paul says, Harris, he should have a B-plus for the improvement. Look, man, I mean, I gave him a B-minus. I mean, we're, we're, in, we're in the similar category. I give him a B minus because 
this is year two of the Kevin Porter Jr. as a starting point guard experiment. And the Rockets have now posted back-to-back seasons of the lowest win total of any team in the league. At that point, every every single position, unless you have a superstar, is up for debate. The Rockets have a budding superstar in uh, (laughs) those minutes. (laughs) This is the first year, yes, the, the chat is blowing up because... I say this is year two of, you know, the, the Kevin Porter Jr. experiment as a starting point guard. He logged starting point guard minutes last year, not throughout the entire season. It's fair. Uh, but half a season. Let's go on half a season. So this is year one and a half of Kevin Porter Jr. as your starting point guard, as kindly pointed out by Jonathan. I just don't know if he's the right guy to lead Jalen Green to superstardom. Maybe that's the best way to put it. Jalen Green said it himself. If you want to be mad at somebody, go talk to, J- to Jalen Green when they said, who are you looking at in the draft? He named those three guys, Paolo, Chet, and Jaden Ivey. Didn't mention my guy, Jabari Smith, which was a little shocking to me, but we're do- this is a, a grade show. Okay, this is just grave based on what they put out there. Kevin Porter Jr. is never going to be a guy that you can say, here you go, go make the rest of your roster better on a night in and night out basis. That's just my take. That's the way I see it. You have a request to speak button. If you guys disagree with a grade, hit that request to speak button. Come on up. Let's talk about the grade, why you agree or why you you know, disagree. With a take, I gave him a B minus. I mean, yeah, look. And here we go. Jonathan coming up to defend his take, I'm assuming. Jonathan, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good. How are you? What's up, man? Yeah, so I just wanted to just kind of put something out there about KPJ. So okay. I don't think maybe point guard is not his right role going forward, but I think he honestly should play maybe like a shooting guard. Not a shooting play- guard. But I mean, if you see how he scores, just let him focus on scoring. Like, why is he having to worry about setting up uh, the other, like his his teammates? Just let him, let him score. Let him do what he what he does. You know, I mean, I mean, Jalen plays fast. I would like to see him with the ball in his hands like all the time. So that's so, my point, though. See, you're making my you're making my point. The point guard. Yeah, you're making my point as a starting point guard. So as the starting point guard of the Houston Rockets this past year, how would you grade Kevin Porter Jr.'s performance? On an A plus to an F minus skill. I mean, I would probably put him in the solid B category just for the improvement okay. late late. Yeah. So we're right there. You're giving him a B, I give him a B minus. I think what what my point is with a guy like Kevin Porter Jr. is what is his ceiling as a starting point guard? You I- saw it this year. You won twenty games. So I'm saying swap them, just swap Jalen and, K- and KPJ, just and uh, I think that would solve the problem. You would speed up the offense with with J- Jalen running running the offense because he's so fast as it is. See, I don't agree with that. I, I don't agree with that for the simple fact that 
you're taking away. I think you're putting too much on. You, you would be making the let me see how I want to say this. You would be making the game much more difficult for Jalen Green if you put him in that position. I'll give you a perfect example. Look, I'll give you two examples actually. Zach Levine in Chicago, Jason Tatum in in Boston. Both of those guys could very easily be more exciting with the ball in their hands as the starting point guard, but they thrive in an off-ball setting. That's why the Bulls went out and got Alex Caruso, who I hate, and that's why Boston has Marcus Smart. I mean, it would be nice to just have the flexibility, though, like later on in, the, later on in their careers or sure. however the team progresses. That's fair. All right, stick with me for the last two greats. All right. So – we got, you know, you and I can bounce off of each other with this. I gave Christian Wood a C plus for the year. I, I think that's fair. Okay. Um, I, I think he actually kind of regressed this year compared to last year. I don't know why, but he just didn't seem as dominant this year. So he played 68 out of 82 games. Not bad. Not great. Uh, 31 minutes a game. He averaged 18 points, 10 rebounds. So he averaged a double-double for the year, which is pretty impressive. Uh, two and a half assists a game, a steal, a block, and two turnovers a game. I've said it before, Jonathan. I will say it again. It is the uh, God. What was his name? Kevin Martin. He's Kevin Martin. He puts up good stats on a crappy team, and it makes him look better in a season than he actually was. He's not a rim protector. He was playing out of position. I would say. He had a good year, not a great year. I think C plus is right. What are your thoughts? Um, I mean, I would have to agree with that. I like I said, I mean, I was just kind of surprised that his defense kind of took a step back compared to last year. I just, I mean, I I thought he could be a rim protector, but and the fact that he just couldn't defend even like six eight guys down low is just kind of, you know, it was just horrible. I guess in my opinion, so. Yeah, I would say C is like in the right range because his offense was definitely there. Right. Uh, so we're going to do Jalen Green and then we're going to do Silas and his staff. Jalen Green, I gave a B plus to. I wanted to give him an A. I did. But I could not. He had played in 67 games this year, so he did miss some games with some injuries, which was a little disappointing. Uh, he averaged 32 minutes a game, 17.3 points, three and a half rebounds, 2.6 assists, uh, from the three point line. He shot 34% from three, which Mm -hmm. if I was grading Jalen green on the last 15 to 20 games, I give him an A straight A, no A minus, not an A plus, but I would give him a straight A. He struggled in the first part of the season. He struggled pretty much all the way through the all-star break. So it's a little difficult for me to give a grade anything outside of anything higher than B plus. I think overall, very simply put, he excelled in the last part of the year. You could see the game was slowing down for him. You could see that he was making better decisions with the ball. He was impacting the game on both ends of the court. I think very sneakily, I think the kid, if he continues to progress defensively, I think he could sniff a second team, a second team all defense by the time he's 25. That would be in five years from now because he's not even 21 yet. Um, and I think the offensive, you know, the offensive ceiling is there. 
I think the Rockets lucked out. I think this is the best way I would put it in drafting Jalen Green. I still would have taken Mobley, but that's the last time I'm going to say it for this year. Um, I think the Rockets got very lucky with Jalen Green. I'm happy Jalen Green is a Rocket. But very quickly, what are you giving Jalen Green as a grade for the year? I would also give him a, uh, a B plus. I'm going to put a spin on the first half of the season. I'm not going to call it struggling. I'm going to call it a learning curve because you obviously saw that he applied whatever he learned in the second half of the season. And also, he's just a rookie, right? So you got to look at his his projected outlook like year three, year four, while he's still on his rookie deal. I think at this progression, he's going to be a superstar much sooner than we think. So I think for right now, he's on the right path. So I think, yeah, that's a good grade. Paul Paul gave him an A in the chat. Paul, I appreciate your, your input on the show. I think it's really difficult to give an A to anybody on a 20-win team. There, there's more that Jalen could have done earlier. I think he was, I think he was inhibited by his coaching staff in the first half of the year. But just from what I saw, I gave him a B plus. It's still a good grade. I mean, it's not, you know, trust me, I would have killed for a B plus in, in high school and college. Um, final grade of the night, coaching staff led by Steven Silas. I know this is not going to be a popular opinion. Jonathan, I gave him an F. I gave him an F. I gave him and his, and his, um, and his assistants. And that includes John Lucas. And I have nothing but respect for John Lucas. I gave, I gave Steven Silas an F. I would not have committed to bringing him back for next year. He, the offensive system that he had, he got a lot of credit for in Dallas. He was credited as the, the quote-unquote offensive coordinator in Dallas. He had Luka Doncic, who I think it's an appropriate time of the year on a podcast to point out that Luka Doncic has still not won a playoff series. I'm going to go ahead and put that out there. Um, he comes to Houston. Last year, in his first full year, I give him a mulligan because of what he was uh, brought here to coach in the the – what he was brought here a coach and what he actually coached, I think were two different things. So I'll throw last year out of it. Look at this year. You had a full arsenal of guys. I don't think you came into this year thinking you were going to play John Wall, which, you know, that whole situation is, is something to dive into much deeper on a different show. But, you know, you brought in these guys, you know, you brought in Daniel Tice, you had DJ Augustine here, you had Jalen Green, you had Josh Christopher, you had Shen Goon, you had Garuba from day one. The offensive system they had this year was hot dog water. It wasn't good. I mean, a, a, a middle school basketball coach could see that the system that they ran was just not good. And then the, the bullshit, you know, for, you know, excuse that he gave after the year well what we had this year you know we ran the you know base you know base sets okay you know do what no i'm just saying so you're not you're not buying that then absolutely not why would you okay let me ask you a question why would you say that now and not implement that during the season when you have all of the time and expect you don't have any expectations throughout the year why not experiment and try different things 
Yeah, that's I mean, my question. I, I don't know what goes on behind the behind the scenes. I'm just saying, like, I wonder if the 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 lineup that he ran out the last seven games was actually what he wanted to do. Like, I wonder if his hands were tied with all the veterans and whatever Stone wanted him to throw out there. But I mean, what I saw from the from the guards, I mean, Silas is known for developing guards, right? So what I saw from our guards at the end at the end of the season, like, I think that's kind of more what Silas wants to do in terms of offense. I don't know what he was doing the first half of the year, though. No, and we'll go for about another five minutes. We need to make sure we wrap it up at 45. Um, the thing about it is I think you're 100% right. And we're going to grade Raphael Stone, too. Um, that's a good point by by James in the chat. Um, but, like, it's an F. I don't like Rockets... Like at this point, Rockets fans as a whole, I guess what you can call what Rockets Twitter, Jonathan, mm-hmm. which to me, they're so enamored with the, you know, what this team could be, you know, the, the better days are ahead of us. You know, the, the glass is half full. I don't hate that approach, but I don't think it's realistic. You know, I, I don't think it's realistic at all. I think a realistic take on this team is that they suck. They're not any good. And I think part of it is in due to Steven Silas. Steven Silas is not a good X's and O's coach. Is he a good raw, raw guy and the guys will get behind him and he's a nice guy. And, you know, I, I want him to, you know, I'd, I'd like to have a beer with him type of guy. Yeah, absolutely. But is he a guy that if you're in the middle of a war, you want standing next to you as one of your generals? No. You bring up a good point, though, because I always kind of wonder this about him, right? Because he he doesn't like playing half-court sets. He always wants them running and playing transition, right? That doesn't work in the playoffs because you know the game slows down. So I don't know how that would work later on if we do get to that point. So (laughs) Playoff? I mean, in the words... At some point, I don't don't see how that approach would work in the future. It wouldn't. He's not good. His offensive system is best with a bunch of chickens running around with their heads cut off. Like, yeah. hey, let's set a ball screen, see if you can get to the bucket. If not, kick it out for a contested three or just dribble for 20 seconds. You know, mm-hmm. and real quick, they, they were talking about the next potential head coach of the Lakers being Mark Jackson, and that's who LeBron wants. I would take Mark Jackson as the next head coach of this team right now. I would fire Steven Silas for Mark Jackson. I wouldn't think twice. I wouldn't, I wouldn't think second one about, uh, about hiring Mark Jackson. But real quick grade on Raphael Stone. You give your grade and then I'll give mine. Ooh, I'm going to have to give him a, a, a B plus. If we're talking Ooh. just this season, B plus. Okay. I think the, the four rookies that he drafted were definitely, uh, you know, solid, if not home runs. Yeah. Um, I like it. I like your grade. I don't love your grade. I'm going to get, I gave him a C minus. Ooh. Okay. Because I gave him a C minus because of the handling while the draft was great. I would call the draft great because you've got Jalen green, you've got Shangoon, you've got Christopher Garuba. Yes. But the way it they handled free agency was atrocious. Because you admitted that the one guy that you brought in on a decent deal 
free agent wise, that's not going to go unnoticed in the league. Daniel Tice didn't sign a one year, $10 million deal. He signed a four year, $32 million deal. And you trade him less than a year later. That's a bad look in the league because Daniel Tice is one of those journeymen that is going to be in different locker rooms. He's got a bunch of buddies, I would guess, throughout the league. Think about that. You know, like the Rockets brought him here, misused him, and then traded him. Not the best look. You also have John Wall still on this roster, and you paid him $40 million to do nothing but sit on the bench and look like a moron. Yeah, not a good look. Yeah, okay. You know, like those two things, you have to account for both. That's why I give him a C minus. Um, is his handling of the free agent, the free agency route. Draft is good. Free agency route, not so good. And in order to get back to relevancy as quickly as possible, the Rockets are going to need to utilize free agency as much as the draft. Uh, Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on the show, my dude. All right. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. Anytime. Uh, this has been another episode of SB Nation's The Dream Shakes, The Dream Take Podcast. Thank you all so much for being a part of the show tonight. Um, the plan right now is to be back here on Spotify Live on Thursday, Jeremy and I, but we'll obviously post and confirm that. Um, can't thank you all enough for another uh, incredible season. It was a lot of fun, uh, a lot of losses, unfortunately, but the offseason is here. Uh, we're going to be with you guys as much as possible to crank out as much as as much content as possible. So I can't thank you all enough for joining us. Uh, the usual, you know, cast of characters, James, uh, Lucas, Sean, Jonathan. Thank you all so much uh, for joining the show. If you're on Twitter, uh, make sure to look up the mothership of the dream. Take the dream shake at dream shake SBN. You can follow the dream take at the dream take. Follow my co-pilot on Twitter, Jeremy Brenner at Jeremy Brenner. You can follow me on Twitter at BSW podcast underscore MB. If you're on Facebook, search The Dream Shake. Give us a like. We're posting articles every single day. Head on over to thedreamshake.com on any day that ends in Y. We're posting new articles, new content every day, multiple times a day. Uh, we will see y'all uh, next time. And until next time, go Rockets! Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. 
I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.